Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual. So here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and I guess we're going to start with Five Minute Masters. We got a weird energy going in here because we haven't like seen each other in a week. Just incidentally. Yep. Okay. <sighs> I've been playing one of my uh, my recommendations. So uh, we'll get there. Spoiler for the spoiler free podcast. Yeah. Or spoiler full podcast. Spoiler full. Spoiler full. That sounds really nice. <laughs> Does it? Spoilerful. It sounds like a fun word. It's whimsical for it's sure. It's whimsical. <laughs> I guess I usually start, right? You do. So we don't really use like a we don't do like a preamble usually of like what we've been up to because we switched from that to this. But I went to the aquarium mm-hmm. in Oregon, the big one on the Newport. coast in Newport for my birthday with my best friend Allie friend of the pod yes she's back like way early episode yeah guilty pleasures yes it's a fun one um and she's a marine biologist so going to an aquarium with a marine biologist oh my god the most fun you can have <laughs> we thought we were gonna be there for like all day but it really i mean you can only stare at a tank for so long after right. you've like said everything and it was cute like, oh there's an eel <laughs> hi it was more of like oh that's an eel <laughs> Um, but anyway, in one of the tanks, one of the early tanks, um, one of my favorite fish uh, to say out loud <laughs> um, was in it, which is the uh, Hawaiian state fish. Ooh. Uh, the humuhumanukanuku. I never mess that up. I literally wrote a poem with the word in it over and over and over so I could like practice it. Humuhumanukanuku uh, apawa'a. Yes. I'm familiar. And it's the reef triggerfish. It's really pretty. It almost kind of looks like, I don't know, if you don't know enough about reef fish, uh-huh. it looks kind of like a parrotfish a little bit. It's kind of the same sort of vibe. Sort of vibe. They're very vibrant. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it has one of the most fun names mm-hmm. and it's really fun to, to practice and, and get it to say it right. Um, also, I was watching um, It's Alive Going Places with Brad Leone from uh, Bon Appetit. Oh. And he uh, he was doing uh, spearfishing, and mm. his guide was trying to get him to say it. And he could <laughs> not could, say it. It's not that hard. You just really have to sound it out. I mean, it's got so many repeated syllables. Huma huma nuka nuka apua'a. The hard part is the ah ah because yeah. it, because that and that's where we're, there's my here's my five masters. So because of the huma huma nuka nuka apua'a, um, we're gonna be talking about Hawaiian language. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So the. Uh-uh, that yeah, it's a glottal stop. It is a glottal stop. Correct. I know about linguistics. You know about linguistics. Um, and it's uh, very present in Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, isn't the correct pronunciation Hawaii? Yeah, it has the glottal stop right yeah. in it. You got, it's got the apostrophe. I'm learning all kinds of things. I do a lot of QA at work for 
other languages and stuff. I mean, that's all I do at work is QA for other languages. Yeah. But different, like we do, um, Tongan is one that I've been working with recently. And I think it's got the same thing going mm-hmm. on. Um, but the glottal stop in Hawaiian in particular is, I'm probably going to say it wrong, even though it's literally phonetically spelled. <laughs> I'm really not White? up to you're... <laughs> Well, no, but I also took uh, uh, linguistics in college. Same. Um, but I've forgotten like all the symbols. Oh, and, all the IPA. Yeah. Even though I loved it. Me too. But it just really goes out of your um, head if you don't use it. And it, also the word for the glottal stop begins with the glottal stop. And I don't know how to begin with the glottal stop. Yeah. Uh, okina. Okay. Um, which is uh, the modern Hawaiian name for the symbol, which is the um, the apostrophe. Mm-hmm. In in uh, the English orthography, it's the apostrophe. The apostrophe. Yeah. Um, but that's like one of the fun like differences you one could say with english um obviously it's a different language so it's quite different yes um but yeah that's um one thing that is very very rare in english mm-hmm. is the glottal stop the only great example is uh-oh yeah that's what people talk about i still i don't know if i've t- told this story on the podcast before i kind of stumped my uh, uh linguistics instructor one time it was one of many linguistics courses that i took um it, so this one i think was like a grad student or something that was the oh, instructor yeah. not a professor and she she was saying how that's the only example and i was like well wait a minute what about different dialects like how about valley girl english where you might end a, the word what with a glottal stop say what mm-hmm. like that's a thing and she just like didn't really know what to say i'm like it's there yeah. it's what mm-hmm. like that's yeah. for sure a thing mm-hmm so well yeah and it's we just don't we don't don't, and we don't have a word for it really either in Mm -hmm. english like obviously there's a word for it in hawaiian because it's a huge feature of hawaiian um but yeah um i didn't really read too much into it because there's a lot on the wikipedia page i bet um and i don't want to like just tell you the history of the language um that would be a lot of stuff it would be a lot of stuff but i i i you know First off, it's like an actual full language. Yeah, it was a whole nation before <laughs> white people got there. Before white people got there and then also brought um, like uh, workers from everywhere else. Yeah, too. lots of Asian immigrants mm-hmm. came to Hawaii. I, uh, I just recently listened to a very interesting podcast episode about the last queen of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful and tragic. God. What a sad story. <laughs> what a really sad story. <laughs> but another great name with that Hawaiian glottal stop in it is Disney princess Auli'i Cravalho. From? Moana. Oh. Moa- yeah. Auli'i is her name. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. Um, and then another thing that a lot of people talk about with Hawaiian is the alphabet. Mm. Because there's only 13 letters. That's interesting. Yeah. So... I don't think I've ever seen the Hawaiian alphabet. I don't think it's usually, um, like, because it's so heavily orthographized with the English, Mm -hmm. it's usually just the English symbols, except for with Okina. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's some others, like... um, I'm sort of trying to look at them, and you can sort of see... They're, they're mm-hmm. very similar. Yeah, or just it like definitely is. Yeah, but yeah, I, there's there's the five vowels, and then there's. Um, I would be. I'm curious about the um, history of written language in Hawaii before 
European and um, American it, settlers. It might be on here. Um, we can because like looking. surely they weren't using Roman characters before. Well, I don't know if they were writing it down. Yeah, well, so I'm curious if they did do much in the way of written language, um, or if it was just oral. Um, uh, let's see. As early as 1823, the missionaries made some limited use of the apostrophe. So that's back with the mm-hmm. thought. I'll stop. Um, I'm sure it's on here. Um, well, and you have to imagine that a lot of that history would have just been thrown out and overwritten anyway. Right. That, you know, maybe there was a rich tradition there that just didn't survive. I don't well, know. And, and so many, you know, especially, you know, island or uh, native cultures, they have, it's all oral. Yeah, certain ones for sure. It's yeah. definitely not... Um, unheard of for right <laughs> languages not to really yeah i mean even like you know the norse didn't really write things down right. like they had runes but they were only for really specific uses they didn't like write down it wasn't like, stories right it wasn't like a novel written in yeah they just didn't do that they didn't really write it was things. like beware <laughs> yeah yeah they just didn't write things down so it's not unreasonable that, that a culture just wouldn't prioritize written language but yeah yeah, so interesting and, and really sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> really sad. Well, I'm going to talk about something a lot drier. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about... Don't bring that there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you... Okay, Mom. I'm just saying, it makes a big loud noise. <laughs> You're not the one who has to edit this. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about Paul Henningsen. Who? Paul Henningsen. Paul. P-O-L-E? P-O-U-L. O-U-L. Okay. He's Danish. Okay, gotcha. I'm on board. Uh, so he was a Danish author, critic, architect, and designer. Um, he was born in 1894 and did most of his work between the two world wars that he really had a big impact on Danish culture his most significant legacy being the P.H. lamp. He designed a very important electric lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this was a time when electric lighting was pretty new. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first part of the 20th century, people are just starting to really get electricity. And he's like, damn, these electric light bulbs are horrible. I hate looking at them. They're so unpleasant. I've had candlelight my whole life. Now we have these glaring, shiny bulbs, and they are very unpleasant. Damn you, Edison. Yeah, he hated these light bulbs. He's like, I gotta find a way to make this better, because obviously electricity is here to stay, but I can't live like this. (laughs) What a grumpy old man. (laughs) He wasn't even old yet. It's just funny. Yeah, so he invented... He debuted in 1925, um, the first PH lamp. Um, stands for Pole Henningsen. Okay. Uh, so basically his idea was to build a shade using like concentric slats so that no bulb was exposed and all the light coming off of it was just reflected. And so it was a lot more diffused and pleasant um, so there, he, he, there was the original pH lamp. There was the pH artichoke, 
um, you can kind of picture what it might look mm-hmm. like with these little like slats going around. Um, and the PH5, which is a much more simplified kind of shape. Um, yeah, I can show you that. Oh, I'm gonna, I can look it up. Yeah, on you my look phone up too. the PH lamp. Um, he also designed other stuff. He actually went to school for architecture. He didn't. Oh yeah, they're like all over IKEA. Yes, exactly. And I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah, so that style is all inspired by uh, Paul Henningsen. Um, yeah, he went to uh, Copenhagen Technical College um, at the Technical University of Denmark for architecture he didn't graduate but (laughs) he had other things to do (laughs) he had to fix light yeah he also did work as an architect and a designer of other things and he was a writer for a very long time he was a very cool like uh you know anti he was a leftist writer basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was a very cool leftist writer in the you know early half of the 20th century when Nazis took over Denmark, he uh, went to Sweden, <laughs> laid low for a while, and then after the war, he made the Soviets mad, so he didn't have them as friends either. <laughs> but uh, he just was a really fascinating dude who, like, and his this legacy of this lamp, like, I, you know, it sounds funny to say, like, and this lamp is his lasting legacy, but, like, this lamp is a huge fucking deal in Denmark. <laughs> Danes fucking care about lights a <laughs> lot because like more than half of the year it's very dark yeah. in denmark so they don't want these bright fluorescent bulbs they're like give me some nice comfortable lighting i i can't stand <laughs> these bright bright lights and so that's where paul henningsen was coming from with this and so like there's a reason why they're still manufacturing these ph lamps today like they're coveted everybody's got to have one because it's just like the best lighting it's the most pleasant lighting and, and now they have the like death star one where you pull on <laughs> and it like transforms it... yeah i don't think paul henningson designed that <laughs> maybe <one>. maybe <laughs> <laughs> but he also designed a very cool piano which i want to show you <laughs> of course look at this cool piano Ooh. I told you. It looks like it's made of chocolate and should be on like a fancy cake. Yeah, it's like a chocolate skeleton of a (laughs) piano. Also that chair there. He also designed that chair. I'm less in love with the chair, but the piano is It looks better from the front. Okay, yeah. It looks like it's leaning, but I think it's sort of... It's like kind of a coiled up bar that is the like legs of it. And then a cool swoopy red... You guys can look it up. You've got the internet. You're listening to this podcast. Look up the stuff Paul Henningsen made. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just seemed like a neat guy who had a very unusual but distinct impact on Danish culture. And I was just thinking about it because it's it's the Huga time now. It's come, <laughs> it's come on, man. It's been rainy. It's been chilly. It's, I've got a blanket on. We got blankets it's hygge season in here, and so I was thinking about hygge things, and nice, dim, comfortable lighting is one of the most hygge things. That would be a really good name for a podcast. Hygge things. <laughs> hygge things. It's a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> Watch me. We just Every time we just say one thing, that's a hygge thing. Just do today's hygge thing. Today's hygge thing, a Com- pH lamp. Comfortable lighting. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Hey, let's talk about this show, huh? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm still we're, full. We're recovering from our respective dinners. Yes. We, we made some choices <laughs> There's today. Some mistakes made. Not, not terrible mistakes, but, but we're feeling the consequences of our actions right now. <laughs> So, yeah, we just, we watched Carnival Row. It just came out on Amazon Prime, and we were surprised at its quality. Well, I think it, we were surprised because the marketing was so bad. It was terrible. They're just like, here's a trailer. Here's a fairy flying through the air, and everything's like blurred and faded out. Orlando Bloom's face. Cardinal Levine's face. Extrapolate. And also, like, the name of the show, once you've seen the show, makes total sense. But out of context, you're like, Carnival Row? It just sounds very cheesy. Is it like a circus? Yeah. I mean, just the whole concept struck me as as being potentially very cheesy, very silly. Um, But it was actually really well handled a lot of the time. A like lot the, of the time. The like concept, I would say like 70% of the time. Yeah. Like the concept was solid. Like mm-hmm. it had a bedrock. It had a foundation. It was conceptually. Which is really a triumph only because it, there's no source material. It feels like it's based on a series of YA novels and it isn't. <laughs> Maybe not YA. There's a lot of fucking. There's a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Would you call them magicians? Is that new adult? Ooh, magicians is sort of like, yeah, it's like I don't know. It, it's not. It's adult for sure because there's yeah. sex, drugs, and yeah. Rock and I guess it's probably new adult. It's just that they start out as teens. Anyway, yeah. we're not talking about the magicians today. <laughs> I'm not going to enable you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I mean there's not that much sex. No, like, there's some explicit sex scenes but it's not like nothing's really distasteful no it's it's very tasteful and and and, and like we don't get to see <laughs> what are you gonna say right <laughs> we now we don't get to see the satyr dick no no oh we're gonna talk about that scene though <laughs> but yeah like we see cara delavine's boobs yes we see the other girl's boobs mm-hmm. i don't know who this we girl see is. uh what's his, uh orlando bloom's butt yeah, which, yeah. I think we see another person's butt, too. But, yeah, the, the sex scenes are all very, like, lovely and artistic. And yeah. uh, there's only... It's like three or four. Well... Five. Not five. But... There's only, like, eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's like, count them! <laughs> there's the... The, I, the flashback. The flashback, yes. I think in one or, episode one or two before the flashback in episode three... There's with his landlady. Oh, yeah. That one was abrupt. That one is less artistic. (laughs) Fucking is only beautiful when it's between a human and a fae. (laughs) Two humans. And well, and this is when we think we've already given you your spoiler warning. We think he's a human. And so they just have ugly human sex. (laughs) (laughs) Can that be the name of the episode? Probably not. Probably I'm not going to put that as the title. Be brave. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, humans have ugly quick sex. Well, it might also just be representative of him. like His relationship with her. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of reasons why they made that choice. But the fairy sex scenes are always very beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then there's the fairy prostitute sex scene. Yeah. 
It's, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> it doesn't they're feel... They're brief, though. They're, they're, brief, they're brief. Except for the flashback and, one. Yes, that one is... And they actually do it a couple times in that. Yeah. In that. <laughs> there's a lot of... But it, it all feels very tasteful. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like, wow, there's a lot of sex in this show. I think we should start back at the beginning. Let's take it back. So... What we should... <laughs> this, how us, how on brand to be like, but what about the fairies fucking? <laughs> no, let's not do that one. So when I first started watching it, you get like the background of what's happened. There's been a war over the fairy realm between Ternanok. the pact and, and the, the, the Berg. Berg. <laughs> I yeah. hate a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the stuff. I gotta say the the one thing I did did like is um because people who are from the Berg are called Burgish. And sometimes they say it very quickly and it almost sounds like they're saying British. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, <laughs> that's the feeling. <laughs> so. Um, but I was like a little annoyed that we didn't get to see that war. Like mm-hmm. uh, on the first episode, I was like, uh-huh. I mean, why are you telling me all this cool all shit this and, then ta- and then taking it away from me? Yeah. I want to see this war over the fairy realm. Uh-huh. And then episode three. Three, it's like, 100% oh, that. that's what it is. And, and that's when the show is like, Bam. Here's what you wanted. Here's what I'm giving you. That episode is beautiful. It's really good. And like giving a total like Hollywood film. I don't know. It made me love the Czech Republic. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. What a great location for filming. But um, yeah. Because like before that episode, episodes one and two, like I was fully on board. Mm Mm-hmm. But that episode like sold me on yeah. the whole concept. I was like, "Oh, you you know what you're doing? Like this is this is not you're not bullshitting anything. Like yeah. this is all here and it's all accounted for." Because well, it, it gave works. us a background for the two leads mm-hmm. and why they're mad at each other. Mm-hmm. Why she's mad at him? Why she's mad at him? But yeah, all this beautiful past. And then it also gives us a background of like, oh, shitty shit happening to these fae people. That then they have to escape in order to live in a horrible place. Yeah, they're refugees. Um, so, yeah, obviously this is drawing on a handful of real life inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we adventures in, you know, the, the British Empire. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> they do, they try to make the Burgish seem less like villains though because it's like well we tried to help we the lost fae. the war we lost the war it's the pact it's really bad so i assume in season two we're we gonna better learn see more it. about the pact because we barely got anything we no, don't really know anything kn- about who they all are. we know is that like there were there was a, a faction of the pact that was working with the the satyrs the fawns oh yeah and or, that's gonna the, the pucks the pucks that's what they call them yeah, yeah and that's gonna go somewhere because boy oh we'll get there uh <laughs> yeah um so yeah they're you know the british they're Empire, the good coloni- colonial yeah <laughs> they're the good colonizers um <laughs> But, you know, the the Fae are still relegated to a ghetto mm-hmm. in the Berg. Is the Berg the country? Is it a city? That's what I hate about that word is because it's they like all they, of it. They act like that like the city that they're in doesn't seem to have a name. Like yeah. I assume they're in the capital of the Berg. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Also the Berg? Is it like New York? I think, what is this? I think so, but it's also like 
it sounds like just a city name because the Berg, like the Berg. Edinburgh. I mean, Edinburgh, I mean, but, I, but like, I guess I would. I can. I can see it being Pittsburgh. something like the Netherlands, where it's like, oh, your country has a the before it. That's fine. Yeah, but it's but just. It's just. I just. It's I just confusing. want some more specificity here. Yeah. Like, tell me what the name of the city is. Because I, I assume this nation is larger than one city. Yeah. Though we have no evidence of that. And they, they might have had like a specific name for it in like a, a small little title card or something. But they, they never, never say, say it. They never say it. <laughs> I don't think they did. So, I, I feel like there's something, but it might just said in like the Berg capital city or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a... Sort of a, a hole there. Um, so, yeah, it's very London. Yeah. It's very London-like. Very, like, dirty. There's a river. I mean, it's the interesting thing that makes it not like London is that it's actually coastal. It seems to be coastal because at the end, um, they're sailing away. Right. Like, and then, it almost and seems, the because we've seen there. nothing around it, it almost seems like it could be an island itself, just a city. But that would be a little ridiculous. I mean, you know, Manhattan an island i meant like by itself without close oh stuff. like it's the berg is just an island that is one city it's an like ice it's an iceberg that's the twist <laughs> the berg no it's like singapore uh <laughs> so um yeah those kinds of things are a little vague but you know as you're watching it, it and it's the beginning of the story too so it's mm-hmm. like you can forgive some of the holes because they're so busy building other stuff yeah like magic yeah magic and and all this cool stuff um so yeah i I feel like we'd be wasting our time to do a recap y'all should just watch it and know what we're talking about um Uh, so I think one of the most interesting themes, um, and I had mentioned this to you a couple days ago in the, one of the brief moments that we were able to see one another, we live in the same house and yes, we're just so busy. Uh, the sort of miscegenation, you know, intermixing between Fae and humans is a huge deal in this show Mm -hmm. it's a very important theme it is sort of the entire concept (laughs) because the protagonist turns out he is half fey and that's illegal yeah so i'm getting some tones of like apartheid in here which is interesting um but yeah we've got these beautiful beautiful sex scenes between humans and fey and this is like the most illegal act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, we, it, it, towards the very end of the season, we get our one sort of significant human-human romance. And oh, we right. find out that these characters are very likely, if not guaranteed. If not certainly, half-siblings. Yes. And they didn't. Well, he didn't know it. She, she suspected it. it. <laughs> uh, so, and she was like, "She's very frightening. She's very scary. She's super frightening. She's very interesting. She's a scheming, plotting her. lady." Uh, normally, I love the villainess. You do. You normally love the scheming, plotting, beautiful woman. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I is it know. the incest? No, because I love Cersei. <laughs> so You're I don't right. Really... You don't. I don't know. I think, okay, I think I figured out what it is. It's because I thought she was going to be the liberal one. 
And it turns out it that turns she out doesn't have any She doesn't scruples. care. Yeah. She just wants the power. Yes. She, and that, she I think that's why I'm not on her side. Because she had a chance to like... Wait. I'm going to take it back to Cersei here. <laughs> it's not like Cersei's out here liberating people. She's not the mother. But they also don't show her oppressing her people actively. It's true. That's all in the background. <laughs> that's all just implied. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it is very interesting because, yeah, she shows up and she's like. Especially because I really wanted, like, he's not a prince, but I, I see him as the prince. The, the chancellor's son or yeah, whatever. The, yeah, he's. He's so, very pure, and he likes the Fae, and he fucks the Fae. Yeah, I mean, he's not really good. He's definitely a bit of a rogue. He's right. not really a good boy. Well, he's but a like, bad boy. But, like, but he's, a, he, he's very likable. Yes. He's very charming. Mm-hmm. And he, you're like, oh, he's going to change things because he likes them. Yeah. And then this gal shows up, and she's, like, super anti. Okay, so the governmental system in this show doesn't really make sense. <laughs> because it seems to be, like, uh, an elected parliament. Mm-hmm. With a chancellor who is something like a prime minister. Mm-hmm. But when one of these people dies, their title passes to their next, next of, kin. of kin, like to their child, rather than to like another adjacent elected yeah. official. Albeit temporarily. Temporarily. Until they can be... the next election. But like, then they can elect that child. Sure, sure, sure. So but it's like, like, how weird is it to have an elected official, like an elected position that is also temporarily hereditary? Like, that's not anything. But it's fine because it makes for drama. It because, does make for drama. Because basically their dads were like the, the chancellor and the head of the opposition. And then... Both their dads die, and so they inherit their dad's positions temporarily, and also they're fucking. And also they're maybe going to team up. Oh, yeah. And she shows she up She wants and to she's, marry him for sure. Yes. She wants a dynasty. And she's like, hey, y'all, guess what? Fuck the fae, not the way that y'all are doing it. Fuck them right. like they suck. Right. She <laughs> says it basically exactly like that. <laughs> basically. I think I also dislike her because when you first meet her, she's like, I just want to go to college. I'm like, you get it, girl. Yeah, go to college. Go have your own life. Your dad sucks. And then her dad dies and she takes over and she's mean. She's terrible. And then you find out she didn't even mean any of it. She was just stirring yeah, up politics. Exact. She's just trying to get them on her side. But yeah, uh, we got here. Uh, I... I <laughs> I want to take it back a little bit right. to the idea of like pro miscegenation and like the idea that it's like the sort of well because like yeah you've got the sort of most successful couple maybe because obviously um, Philo and Vignette have had a lot of strife and struggles mm-hmm. in their relationship, um, whereas I can't I can't remember their names. Mr. Agreus and... Oh, yes. And what's her name? Blonde. Blonde. <laughs> I'm going to look their names up. I need, to, I need to know what they're called. But, like, they just have the most turbulent enemies to lovers. But it happens, like, on a dime. Well, and it's also, like, she thinks she's using him, but really she's, like, playing herself into, like, falling in love. Yeah. I gotta say, okay, so, um... I'm gonna open up this. Uh, so, Mr. I'm gonna see if it is Mr. Agreus because that's what I'm. It's something like that. Uh, yeah, Agreus Astrayan. Astrayan. 
I don't. I don't, I don't know. I think These we only names, ever heard, man. I think we only ever heard him called Mr. Agraeus. Yeah, Agraeus. Um, so he's played by David Gaiassi, who we love. Mm-hmm. And he does a phenomenal job in this. Okay, because now our bit, our most, most favoritist role was as Achilles in yeah. Troy, Fall of a City. Go listen to our episode about that. I think it was Double Dinner Baby. <laughs> I think that's the one where we were talking about that. Because <laughs> that's yes. Achilles. Yep. Uh, so he played Achilles, and we fucking loved him in that. And he's so good at playing these just intensely magnetic, morally complicated characters who also can get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they can absolutely get it. So... <laughs> Uh, he's a, he's a, a puck. Who's who, moved into the rich side of town. Yeah, he's very wealthy through mysterious means. And it turns out he's, uh, he was a skipjack, which is basically a fae who hunts down fae who we have tried to, to escape yeah. from servitude. Um, <clears throat> which is, you know, a whole, yeah drawing on a whole real life thing. <laughs> um, I'm skeptical. I feel like that doesn't fully explain his wealth. Yeah. It's like, how, how could a skipjack become that outrageously wealthy? Mm-hmm. Like, there's more to this story. I think he just explained it with thing like, oh, I was really good and I saved a lot. Right. And so it's like, <laughs> and obviously he didn't want to tell right. her brother the whole story. He's like, I, mm-hmm. I need to. He probably doesn't want her to know either. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's maintaining an air of mystery. He doesn't trust people. Like, he's not going to just sit down and be like, well, here's my story of how I got my riches. Like, he's not <laughs> going to. But I don't think we've heard the whole story. Yeah. Um, but he's so interesting. Honestly, I think he's the most interesting part of the entire show, and I wish there was more of him in it. He does it. What, what I felt. Imogen was, is her name, Miss Spurnrose. What Ms. I liked Spurnrose. most about him was how quickly he switches from um, polite to just fierce, just fucking. Right. He's like, he will oh, drag how nice, you. How nice of you to be out in the rain today, Miss Imogen. And then he's like, I know what you are. You slut. Like, <laughs> I love it. I, he's so like, but and that's that's why they're a good match for each other because they're both just like, yeah, mean people. <laughs> they're both mean. Yeah, they're mean, mean people. Um, it's the weirdest. Like, but normally, you root for them a little bit. Normally, I would not be into. A story of, like, a minority and a racist getting together. Like, that usually is super gross. They somehow made it work. I wish it would have been a little slower, to be honest. Sure. And they were working with limited time. And they had, it was the side plot. It was was the B plot. It was a B plot about B characters. That never really, no, there's some crossover, just a little bit. Oh, actually a lot towards the end. Yeah. With Imogen's family sort of raising or giving shelter to uh, Philo's mom? Yes, yes. Philo's mom uh, was a friend of Mr. Spurnrose, and it was through his charity that she was safe and had her baby and then put him into the orphanage. And also probably found him the doctor. Mm-hmm. So he sort of, Imogen's deceased father, like, ties it all together yeah. mm-hmm. he's the he's the axis that it all turns on mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but yeah that you know it's definitely a weird romance because like they're both pretty hateful people uh, <laughs> but yeah, then it happens and you're like 
Okay. Oh, they're yes. being ha- they're hateful people, but then they're being like really mean to like the the other people. They have so much fun being catty together. <laughs> I love it. They're like, oh, this is fun. I like you. Oh, I have a seat next to this puck friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, like it's she. Yeah, she's through him learns how to say like, hey, fuck everybody and their expectations. Mm-hmm. And, and then her great. like her her like cruising away outfit. I loved. Yes, they're great. Um, so like that is like. You know, that's what we're supposed to sort of be rooting for is these characters getting together, this, you know, saying, you know, saying fuck you to this society, this, this culture that exists, uh, you know, breaking down these barriers. And on the other hand, we have this like, weird, like, toxic incestuous relationship and this woman who's like you remember the pharaohs and it's like invoking like the weirdest oldest dynasties of like crumbled civilizations and she's trying to like keep doing that and so we've got so like that's a very she didn't get to go to college remember she didn't get to go to she doesn't remember how that went. she just reread her library three times <laughs> but her dad's library but like clearly she's like a she's like a bad news character yeah which i as much as i love a a a villainess Mm -hmm. they're all villainesses in this show i was gonna say that all of the women in power are trouble yeah um there i see there is an exception though Mm -hmm. so you've got um her who becomes the her that's her name Her name is Her. Uh, there's just a lot of characters, so many, and it's only one and season. So. so many of these stupid, made-up names. Philo is only tolerable because it's shortened to Philo. Yeah. Um, I don't... Cara Delevingne is just Cara Delevingne. Sophie. <laughs> Sophie Longerbane. Uh, she... Uh, so she's obviously bad, bad news. Yeah. Um, you've got... Uh, 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 Mrs. Breakspear, um, uh, Piety. Piety is... Uh, Jonah's the, mom. She's, like, the main initial villain. She's, like... That, that she's the mystery of She's the, the mystery antagonist. Um... Which, I, I mean, wasn't in love with that, sort of. It, it didn't feel like a good enough payoff for me. It, it, well, the character wasn't super well supported. Yeah. Like, it, it did just kind of feel she, that she's like, guess what? I'm a psycho mom. <laughs> like there was just not, there, it felt very shallow, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Like I, I was waiting for it to turn into something deeper. I was waiting for them to give me more and there just kind of wasn't more. And when it, when they did give it away, it was like that too. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, Philo's the bastard child of the chancellor. Woo. It's and like, now it's Okay, all, he's the special boy. <laughs> he's the most specialist boy. Um, so we've got her, you know, she's basically the first lady of the Berg, and she's just a freaking baddie. I do like her though. I mean she's mm, I don't know. I just I wish there was more. I felt yeah. I felt unsatisfied. Yeah. Um, like when she kills her husband and onward, she's great. Well, I mean, okay. That, that <laughs> but there's stuff not is, enough build up to th- that. That stuff is fun, but it feels it feels because shallow. it's not earned yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but so we've got these two sort of 
main political players as women. <laughs> and then, you know, you've got, like, the the chancellor, Jared Harris, who's, like, you know, you're kind of worried, like, oh, is he going to be good news? Is he going to be bad news? And ultimately, like, he's an okay guy. He's trying, and he means to do better, and then mm -hmm. he gets murdered. Uh, but, like... It feels... He gets attempted, murdered, and then murdered. I know. There was like a fake out. You're like, oh, he didn't die. Oh, no, he did die. He got stabbed a bunch and he, he survived. Got, he got stabbed a bunch. And then his tiny wife smothered him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you've got these like, a, a lot of the villains are like women in power. and mm -hmm. But you do have the matriarchal fae society yes mm -hmm. and those characters are, are awesome. shown to be trustworthy yeah. and good um so, you've got um uh, is it maman no it's um what is this they're like priestess or abbotesses yeah they're they're abbesses yeah some kind of a priestess type um Mima. Mima. Mima Rusa, I think, is the one in, in the, the flashback. flashback. And she's amazing. She's super cool. She's very dignified. She's just trying to do her best for her people. Mm -hmm. Like, she's she's totally great. And then you've got, like, the Horuspex. Who's... The Horuspex, by the end, she got so much screen time. She was so cool. Mm -hmm. So, like, basically we're shown, like, good fey matriarchy... Bad, ineffectual human patriarchy, patriarchy with like a trend, like a creepy aspiring matriarchy. Yeah, like it. they just there's they're just sort of like getting and so I guess that is it's like the humans are are calling the fae like <clears throat> monsters, but really they're using the fae to be perverse, like mm -hmm. um, piety. Is using her family friend, maybe not friend, but family like uh, psychic. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, who she's known her whole life, who taught her a lot of things, mm -hmm. um, who has always been there to guide her family, has is using her to gain power for her own family, mm -hmm. and is like telling her to lie. And she's like, "You've never told me to lie before," mm -hmm. and that's really gross. Yeah, that like it. I mean, it clearly is setting up this sort of idea that Ternanok pre-humans was, like, perfect. Maybe not perfect, but, like, well, just. We, yeah, we certainly don't know anything bad about it. Right. We only hear good things about Ternanok, and then the humans came, and then mm -hmm. the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's... Yeah, it's like humans are the broken ones. Yeah. Um. But then, but then you've got the weird puck cult. Yeah. That oh, that yeah. become like weird radicals. Yeah. And I'm curious where that's going. I don't know. I cause, like it's. It came out of nowhere. It, well, not out I mean, of nowhere. It was like sprinkled because in, but it was it was and that good reason the for one it. character the the attempted assassin. Yeah. Who is seen like. Through, in, intermittently throughout yeah. as we see his sort of journey of radicalization mm -hmm. leading This show up, tackles just a lot. A lot of things! Yeah, he becomes radicalized and attempts to assassinate the Chancellor. And we see him come up from just like 
some, you know, vagrant who yeah. stopped at a soup kitchen, basically, mm-hmm. and then got a Bible <laughs> and got radicalized. <laughs> like, it, it, so that's very interesting to see the different cultures within the Fae. Yeah themselves because you do have these different sort of categories and they have their own distinct societies you don't see the uh do we have a name for the winged fae because i really only heard them referred to with like the name slurs yeah because like i think fae is like the umbrella term yeah for all the people but i think it might also be just what they're called too i don't know yeah, i don't know because uh, they're called like pixes but i don't know if that's a slur or it also might just be shortened for pixie too but critch is the the critch is is a real slur but it's 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 so hard to tell what's a slur and what's not everything is said in a derogatory tone yeah it's like um picks picks yeah so maybe picks but maybe it's pixie or maybe it's something else i don't know but i kind of like that it doesn't hold your hand it doesn't give you like and here's what all the things are called yeah there's no glossary it just lets you experience it and that's fine i don't need to know what they're called i know what they are it's good to have subtitles on for this show though because there's so many new words lots of new words lots of dialects and lots Lots of of old words yeah um yes like turn a knock uh so but that's and horospecs horospecs yeah that's a fun (laughs) word that's a real word i know right i had to look it up yeah i'm glad you did um how weird was it that there was just a bear for a second in that show? It was so cute. He was too. so cute, but it was just like, oh yeah, the Chancellor has a pet bear. We have to kill it for ritual sacrifice, though. It was like, why a bear? I don't know. It's weird. Just to well, have a bear here for a moment. It's like in Avatar Last Airbender, the king of the, the Earth Nation has a bear. I mean, I don't know if it is like I think it's a show of wealth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just such an interesting choice. To it's make just so briefly. It was a bear. I mean, I love it. I love a bear. I but it was such like a, a brief of, time to a have a bear. A sh- <laughs> In an eight episode show to have a bear for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. But uh, it was a cute bear. I'm sad that it had to die. <laughs> for a lie even. It wasn't right. even for a real. A real horospexy. <laughs> I, I We both just made that word up. I don't think same. we did. I mean. We don't know. Would it be horror spec- speculation? <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you'll allow me to horror speculate. That should for a be moment. the episode title horror speculation. No one's going to know what that means. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about the miscegenation. We talk. So there's all this that we're talking about. There's also a fucking monster. There's a whole monster in this show. And it's, you know. That, and it's humanity. <laughs> it is. It is colonialism. Uh, it's the real monster here. But, um, yeah, a big, gross, eldritch abomination um, that's called something. It's a fun word that I just couldn't quite it's ever. It's basically put. a zombie made out of a bunch of different parts. It's like a Franken monster. It's like a Franken monster. And then the one. The big main one, because you can make them. A dark asher. A dark asher. Um, it looks, at first glance, like it's going to be... Uh, like a Cthulhu. A Cthulhu. But really, it's just an octopus with a horse's in mouth. Yes, it's like all these gross <laughs> bits sewn together. 
It's real nasty. And that's one thing I did want to um, just sort of mention is they do a very good job in this show with the effects, with the oh, CGI. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's very well, it's just, it looks good and they know how to hide the seams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dark Hesher, we, we see very little of it. We see it in the dark. And it's one of the only like, holy cg creatures yeah the only other cg stuff is like wings wings and centaurs but there's like three centaurs in the whole thing yeah very very little oh and then the the kobolds oh yes and they look fine they look great they look fine they're just little guys um so that worked that worked out just fine um and then so everybody else just sort of has like enhancements you've got wings you've got you know i'm sure that when agraeus disrobed we had some cg enhancement going on there right legs but most of the time he is wearing like practical makeup he's got like oh beautiful horns horns and the hooves they look great they look great uh but yeah i gotta say like (laughs) i was really impressed with how well they handled it in in the sex scene with grace because that's the first time we see see him see the whole the whole situation yeah. uh normally because this is based on victorian england everybody is largely buttoned up well covered um except for some very sexy pics ladies <laughs> you know we get the prostitutes who are really you know they just look like lovely women and then they just have some wings on them mm-hmm. but um that's the first time we see somebody who's really visibly non-human uh in the whole in the flesh and it yeah. they, and now a lot of it was in shadow and i think that was a great choice just makes it all more natural and in the light of his special his light bulb. special light bulb get him a ph lamp <laughs> <laughs> one bare bulb come on <laughs> uh but yeah i just thought it looked really great and i was like damn he is still stacked from playing achilles like this dude is built super I mean, you know you don't expect that somebody takes off a fancy victorian suit and they're just mm-hmm. jacked underneath it. <laughs> you're like oh wow he looks good uh, though he does have a real kind of funny mustache right he makes it work but it's very victorian it's just a whole mustache mm-hmm. but the the effects are are really good really well handled the flying all looks pretty great mm-hmm. the magic all looks pretty great one of my, or at least a, a, a top part of it that I found interesting was when the evil lady t- takes over her dad's thing and does her speech. Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> evil lady Sophie. Um, she talks about, she sort of builds up this thing like, oh, first we didn't think people of color were full people. And then, hey, now they're part of part. I'm mixed race even. Yeah. And then she's like building this thing up of like, oh, we've let all these other outsiders so in. Maybe so maybe we're wrong. Or maybe we're wrong. But no, we're, we're not. not wrong. And I'm like. Racism is correct in this case. In this case. So I don't know. It like. I have. There's a lot to say about that. And I'm not necessarily the right person to talk about it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, actually, I did want to talk about that. Because I, when we, I was first watching that, I was thinking like, oh, interesting. So, you know, they're doing that thing where. Oh, we're this is a metaphor for racism, uh, but when I I feel like a lot of the time when people try to do that, they just they're just is it's just all white people. Yeah. 
Whereas this very multiracial, yeah. very mm-hmm. multiracial people of many different skin tones in all different echelons of society. You have humans, fae. Yeah, humans and fae, uh, you know, wealthy and poor, like race seemed to just not be a thing. And then she's like, hey. But it was. Race was a thing. And we're past that now. And in fact, it looked like the Berg is more racially integrated than the United States of America in 2019. (laughs) Yeah. So that was very interesting um, that they decided to like bring that in and to write that in too because yeah. they could have they could have just not they could have just, been, just like, been like that's not a thing oh no it's just not a thing we, there was no racism yeah it's just in the show about racism well. yeah the only racism is fairy racism uh where it's like no we used to have skinned but but it also kind of feels like oh they found a better thing to be racist about like an easier racism where it's like oh well they're there like, are different species is, yeah, is i think the word like, she uses yeah it's like oh well this is way more definitively different so like yeah people with darker skin or whatever that that doesn't matter but what does matter is if you've got like hooves yeah <laughs> which is just yeah I mean, it's an interesting it's the same old rhetoric throughout time <laughs> right i mean people you know really unfortunately you know Early American writers liked to say that, uh, you know, African slaves were not the same were, species yeah. as white people. So mm-hmm. that is a and whole even thing. In, like, Europe, same thing before then, too. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that's a very interesting thing going on there. I wonder if anything else is going to be said of it. Because we have these sort of other cultures being referenced, but yeah. we don't, you know... Well, and that's that's the interesting thing is because we don't know much about Sophie's mom. Right. We don't, like, she was from some, she, like, the, the Egypt adjacent. Some Egypt represented. Yeah, represented something. Place where there were pharaohs. And, something somewhat African. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she so, talks a lot about, like tombs and pharaohs and so i yeah like using fancy fantasy words yeah so like i don't know if we're gonna get more about that when we get you know potentially more about uh the pact Mm -hmm. i don't know uh i would be curious to know more about this made-up world uh like a map (laughs) i i would be happy to see a map just to know how big the berg is is it just is it just a London? Is that the whole thing? <laughs> just one London? I would also like to see Tirnanok because mm-hmm. is our other like I want to see the different parts of it because the only part we really see is the Highlands. Is the Highlands, and then we see a little bit of like those cliffs with the trees when, at the very yeah. beginning when she's leaving. Uh-huh. Um, but the Highlands were nothing like you would expect in like a traditional fantasy fairyland. Right. It was very mountainous. Snowy. Yeah. It, it Very Eastern European. But also just like, also kind of like fantasy in like, it doesn't look like a place that at least you and I are used to seeing. Right. It, it looks like the Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Oh, there's also werewolves. I was just going to say, there's also werewolves. Hopefully we get more of werewolf friends. Yeah. I wanted to see more of that guy. Yeah, he's like, oh, I knew you were... What's going to happen to him now that things are going bad? Well, I think that our friend... uh, What's his name? (laughs) The lead. Philo? Philo is going to... 
rise up and get all the fae yeah, together and they're, they're gonna, gonna have a revolution. revolution it's gonna be les mis yeah <laughs> probably that's the horus fex's prophecy that he's right that he's gonna be the, most the important boy. biggest most important boy i loved her her makeup was awesome so cool uh yeah well because i just was wondering because mr werewolf was like hey philo don't fuck around because they'll kill me it's depend my safety is dependent on you yeah. So, like, what's going to happen to him now that there's this whole martial law thing going on because of the assassination? I don't know. Yeah. I worry. I, I like that. I mean, surely we're going to get more of him. He was in, like, three scenes. This is my favorite Orlando Bloom role. Ever! <laughs> oh, my God! Like, like, okay, so he does a great job. A. He mm-hmm. does a great job. B, he looks great. He looks the best he's ever looked. He looks the best he's ever looked. Um, And then C, it's like, he comes out. And you're like, Orlando Bloom just came out. And, I mean, obviously it's like a different type of coming out. But, but like, it's a big moment. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't expect your character to do that. Brave boy. Brave yeah. boy. Yeah. He's great. He's wonderful. Uh, he grows. He changes. He learns. <laughs> He's investigating his own life origins yeah (laughs) he's a cool detective it's great Mm -hmm. i love i love our good social justice loose cannon (laughs) love it yeah it's a good show y'all it's way better than i would have expected i also hope we get more kara in season two because she's in there a lot but she's not like the main he's the main she gets like a chunk that's really her thing. Oh, here you know what though? There was a there was another woman in authority who yeah. was bad and it was the the leader of the Ravens or whatever they're called. Yeah, Ravens Flight or something. something I don't something. know, something weird and She's not bad. She's just a little intense. I mean, she is bad. She's like a murderer and a criminal. <laughs> like she is bad. She's like a a mean Robin Hood. With, <laughs> with... <laughs> Like yeah, but they're like the Fae Mafia. She, she, they're the Irish they're like mob, fight, fighting for for Fae freedom. They're the Irish mob. Yeah, uh, but you know, just it doesn't reflect super well. No. I mean, but it is sort of the reflection of it's like this is the what has become of them yeah. in the Berg. Yeah. Like this is what their authority looks like now because of what humans have done to them. And so I get it, and it's thematic, and it's interesting. But it is an example of fey leadership that's not necessarily super honorable. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, Kara got, Vignette got her, like, her thing and her time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, ultimately it was... All about... About Philo. Because yeah. he's the center of this whole plot of the secret chancellors. Yeah. Child. And I complain about it, him being, like, the, the protag just like ultimate protag but like he he earned it as an it's actor. a good plot yeah it's a good plot and he yeah, and he, he fights a ash the dark asher and yeah he fights the dark asher and he, i mean and uh, now vignette is the one in the end that saved him and True. beat the dark asher yeah she stabbed um piety and yeah, killed her he had to which, fight it yeah he fought the dark asher <laughs> but vignette he, killed piety yeah so <laughs> You know, he probably would not have won no, that no, fight. No, no, no. <laughs> Piety had the high ground. <laughs> yep. 
and then Vignette did her cool thing and she snuck up on her because she's a sneaky, sneaky rogue. I just love that Vignette's a librarian. She's a, she's the world's most badass librarian and her awesome ex-girlfriend sex worker poet. Oh my god. Also artist. Also, she's Because she everything. does a lot of drawing. She draws all of her, her Johns. She draws all the Johns. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, tourmaline. Tourmaline She's a... I want a full episode dedicated to her next season. I want a whole show about Tourmaline. <laughs> she gets her own show. Amazing. And they're like... Their chemistry is really good. It is. Like... Because you you feel from Tourmaline that she's just like all in with Vignette. She loves Vignette, but she also respects her so much that she's like... Well, I'm going to make you do this... I'm going to let you do this stupid thing yeah, for this boy. Whatever you feel, <laughs> that's what I want for you. But I love you so, 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 so much. Like, I love you so much, yeah. but I am not going to put that on you mm-hmm. because I respect the hell out of and you. And they do a great job of showing their deep love with the history, uh-huh. but still being platonic in the, the, in the, the present. present. Yes. Yes. Like, it's... It, like, they, they kiss, but it's like... Oh, that was just... Uh, it was yeah. like a... like Just a weird moment. <laughs> but but it's like a tourmaline, like, oh, why can't we? And yeah. her being like, oh, it's oh, like a friend's kiss. Yeah, like I, like a I love kiss. you very, very much. Yeah. But I'm going to go off it's with like the specialist boy. It's like one of the boy. best. <laughs> what did you say? I said I'm going to go off with the specialist Oh, I heard sm- go off and smash this boy. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's like the least annoying portrayal of um, unrequited love. But it's but it's also like previously requited. Right. They just kind of have a complicated thing going yeah. on and but but it's so great because it is so healthy because like ultimately Tourmaline just you know, she just wants to have something with Vignette and she doesn't have any expectations of her. Right. She doesn't feel jealous. She's like I need you in my life no matter She's what. Like I love you and I'm here to care yeah. for you and you also, make me happy. The the differences between Faye queer and human queer in this show yeah like the fae are just like yeah whatever we were girlfriends that's just normal and the humans is like oh we had to keep this secret forever right yeah and now I... i'm dead because of it yeah the secret the secret, secret doctor gay doctor fae. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that is interesting yeah the fae are just like sexuality is a whole other at least from what we gather yeah it seems totally normal for a fae to be queer um and that's great because they're fairies and they should be a. But then in in England, in in the burg, in the burg, in the high society, you have to go to a a fay a fay brothel a fay brothel in order to have sex with your boyfriend. Yeah, just to make it. It's like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not having sex with a man. I'm having sex with a fairy. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Which one's more illegal in this place? Yeah, that's it's very interesting. But yeah, their tourmaline is the star. Yeah, and she's so good. And what a great positive portrayal of sex work! Incredible. Because it's like she's like, yeah, this is my job, and I'm pretty good at it, and it's fine. Like it's not like <laughs> and I'm a poet laureate, <laughs> and I'm a poet laureate, and I and I have a whole life outside of this, mm-hmm. and I'm a valuable person, mm-hmm. and it does, and it is not. Like, I'm not lesser for doing sex work. It's just yeah. the work that I can get, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's not for Vignette, but it's not because Vignette is above it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, she just didn't want to do it. It's just not right for her. Yeah. Well, and neither that, was the other job, yeah. too. 
She's a librarian, damn it! But yeah, great portrayal of sex work, great portrayal of And it's queerness. also like one of the, I don't want to say classic, but it's the, the, the immigrant story. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I was a doctor where I'm from. But yes. here I'm a, like, I'm, I'm a like, cab driver. I'm a cab driver. It's like, she yeah. was a poet laureate where she's from. There was a war and now she's a sex worker, a sex worker, but she's still the same person and she's still, she's doing okay. Like yeah. she's a happy, healthy person with a life and friends. Mm-hmm. Like she's okay. I also loved the, the head of the brothel too. Yeah. She was cool. Yeah. Didn't see much of her, but I liked her. She had she some had good violet sass. hair. Yeah. Very sassy. She reminded me of Laura Dern. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I can see that. A little bit of, of, of Holdo in there. Yeah, Admiral Holdo. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts on Carnival Row? Um, If you're still going to watch it and you haven't watched it and you still listen to all of our spoilers we just said, get through episode three and then make your decision. Don't make your decision after one or two. You have to get to three because three is when it pops off. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, for sure. If you watch through episode three and you're like, I just am not into it, then you're not ever going to be into it. Right, exactly. Because that's the best of the best is three. Yeah, it's good. Because we were just like sort of chugging through it a little bit. And then we got to three and we're like, this is what I wanted the whole time. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really good. And there's werewolves in that episode. Gross werewolves. And zeppelins. Werewolves. What more could you want? (laughs) And fairy libraries and fairy sex <laughs> yeah it's everything all right do you have a recommendation this week i have so many recommendations give them so number one i've been playing borderlands 3 how are you liking it i uh, i'm liking it i played the second one i didn't play the first one uh, i didn't play the pre-sequel um just because i haven't always had the capabilities with whatever console it needed mm-hmm. um but this one feels like it's matured a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to you this about this already. Like, there's still this the silly jokes, but nothing's like... It's not like a fart joke every three seconds. And it's not always a fart joke, but you know, like... Yeah, it, for a while it just got really, like, cheap. Yeah. And in this one, it's like, when there's a character doing something weird, it it's also driving the plot forward a little bit. Like, I have to go collect these somethings in order to or no i have to go rescue this bandit's girlfriend from the these robot police um (laughs) in order to get this person that the bandit is keeping locked up and like do a trade Mm -hmm. but the bandit blows herself up Uh, it's anyway (laughs) there were lesbians and there was a wedding that you have to crash a bandit wedding. <laughs> um, Sounds and, like Borderlands. Yeah. and uh, But there's also like the villains I'm really liking so far. They're hilarious. Mm. They're like vloggers. Mm-hmm. But they're also like super powerful sirens. <gasps> and so they're just like irreverent and very scary. That's very cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Did you have more than... Yes. And I talked to you about this already too. But... In this house, we love Bon Appetit, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's also like a regular channel, too. My parents said they can get it on their TV or something. I don't know. Um. But one of my favorite segments, and I think I've talked about this before, is It's Alive with Brad. Um, and the newest episode of It's Alive, 
um, also stars. I think his, his name's Maddie. I don't know what his last name is, but he's he's been on it's live before. He does a lot of Bon Appetit segments. He's like a, a tattooed guy. He's like really gruff and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll talk apparently because in this episode they decide to go noodling, <laughs> which is to say catching giant catfish with your bare hands and feet your feet with your feet so it's hilarious because they're terrified and they have to sign waivers <laughs> and the guy that's like guiding them is so like chaotic She's like fucking with them the whole time fucking with them the whole time and then they're sticking their legs in beaver holes in order to get these catfish to chomp on them <laughs> that is like the last thing on this earth that I would ever, ever do. They make it so, seem really fun and really horrible. Oh. So definitely check that out. It's some of the best. I know it's not technically television. Some of the best, like... Programming. Programming I have seen in so long. It's like heartwarming and fucking funny. <laughs> and I'm going to make you watch it. Okay. I hate fish. There's, 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 it's muddy water. <laughs> Well, that's why Maddie's so scared. He's like, what do you mean I can't see anything? And they're like, oh, don't grab onto the branches if you if they're pulling you under because you might grab a snake. That's so mean. Oh, no, no, no. no. Was that it? Yep. Two? Okay, because mm-hmm. I think I'll give two as well because I've got sort of two half recommendations. Uh, only because there's stuff, it's just very new stuff. Uh, so I just started listening to the audiobook, uh, The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Uh, it's great. It's fun. Uh, it's, I think it's YA. It might be new adult. It's hard to say. Uh, but it's a very fun historical novel about this young man, Monty, uh, in a vague 1700s time it's at, and like at the beginning of the book it's like 17 something like mm-hmm. it's deliberately vague about exactly when it falls in time um but he's like the son of an english lord and he is i think he's a lord he's like a landowning gentleman at very least um and he's gonna go off to the continent with his best friend percy who he's secretly desperately in love with uh, t- for like a last hurrah, they're going to spend a year on the continent and then Monty is expected to go home and start helping his father with his land business <laughs> and his stuff that he- Monty doesn't want to do and Percy is going to go to law school. And so like, this is sort of their last big thing together before they have to be grown-ups mm-hmm. um and monty is a total rake and a ne'er-do-well uh he's a he's a drunken fool and a partier and it's really <laughs> funny uh, and it's all told in the first person so monty is extremely charming very very funny it's just a really great voice really it's especially fun as an audiobook because the performer does just a really really <laughs> good job with this voice it's so far a lot of fun and very gay. Yay. So it's all the things that we Yay love. For gay, gay and history. Gay <laughs> and history. Uh, super good. Um, and then, uh, okay, so this is sort of a weird recommendation. This YouTube channel, Morgan Pryor, M O R G A N P R I E R. So this was um, recommended 
by um, David Stockdale of the Nightmare Masterclass YouTube channel. He found this series and it purports to be a vlog of this young woman who has just started working at this tech company. Um, where she's like, hey, I just got this new job and I thought it'd be fun to sort of like document my time here with it. But it seems like it's a project. Like it seems like it's fictional. Mm -hmm. It's pretty well handled, but like it's very, very new. There's only a handful of videos yet. So I'm watching it just to see like mm -hmm. if it goes somewhere <laughs> spooky because it seems like it's going somewhere spooky. Um, so... It's very ground floor at this point. If you're into that kind of thing, like Marble Hornets and that kind of stuff, uh, I recommend keeping tabs on this because it might be something starting. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. To be... Determined? Determined. There we go. TBD. <laughs> I couldn't think of... I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're tired and we're full and... It's time. And to... this is not our usual recording time. No, or day. Or day. Ugh, okay. I'm happy for it, though. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Okay, we're done here. Let's... We're done. We're done. I finished. Say the thing. <laughs> that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. In fact, just learned through my my right. my Google, what's it called? My Google Google alert. Google alert. <laughs> Google alert that we are now available on another streaming platform. Yeah, so you you can there's infinite. they're coming up new every day. You and, can practically make your own and stream us. <laughs> Apparently, so you can anywhere you prefer to listen to us. We're we're probably there on it, even if against our will. I, we have no say in this. No, actually, we do. I just have it turned on that we just will stream anywhere that's available. So uh, we're streaming everywhere that's available. Get on the train. The literary train. We need to go to bed. Please rate and subscribe wherever any of those places that you listen. Review us so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. You can also... Talk to us on Twitter at LitMeritPod. Yeah, I promise that we will we will answer you. I guarantee it. Because we have nothing every, to do. Because the only other person that talks to us on there we talk to. It's just Leonora. It's really just Leonora. So if you guys could have something to contribute, we would love that so much. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, go, go take, take a, a Tums. tums.